Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the campfire. The only place where friends and strangers alike sit down and tell tales in truth or fiction. In exchange of my blessing of their safe travels. Allow me to relight the fire while you relax and listen. Make your mind wander about the reality we live in. The story I'm about to tell you is from a traveler named Bifel's Disciple. He called this experience. I just graduated from medical school, and my list of rules led me down a bizarre hallway part two. Please, allow me to tell you his tale. Have you ever walked through a hallway where everyone knew that you didn't belong? Imagine experiencing that in your own place of work. I kept my head down and my ears up as I traveled through the central corridor of the children's burn unit of St. Francis Hospital. This hospital doesn't have a children's burn unit. Even though I passed by a sign that proudly claimed it had been donated by the Friends of Crestwell Academy for superb children. Nope, this place didn't exist. I'd been working at St. Francis since July and I knew every square inch of it. Maybe there was a wing that I had missed, right? But after advancing in a straight line for several minutes, I knew that was nonsense. I didn't go around any corners or encounter any walls. I certainly would have noticed a half-mile hallway if it were real. The people were off as well. There was a heavy-set nurse with frizzy hair who stared with distrust as I passed. I encountered her three different times along the same corridor even though she could not possibly have moved ahead of me. Another nurse, frail and nervous-looking, tried to hand me a bag of blood. When I refused, she threw it angrily on the ground, where it splattered. I kept walking without looking back. My list of rules had been very clear about the fact that I was to continue in a straight line for 47 minutes if I found myself in this impossible place. I glanced down at my watch. It was 3.09 a.m. Six minutes since I'd arrived in this impossible corner of hell. The employees became more insistent as I walked on. Doctor, a resident yelled at me as he jumped out of a room. The patient is coding. We need you, stat. I carefully avoided eye contact as I moved past him. Doctor, he screamed, you're killing her. I wiped away a tear as I continued forward, ignoring the unholy scream that came from the room. I'd heard enough patients to know what a death wail sounds like but I had no choice. A minute later, I came across a pool of standing blood. It reached across to both walls of the hallway and stretched 20 feet in front of me. As I watched, I could see it growing. A surly-looking man in a janitor's uniform stood by, arms crossed, staring at me. I didn't think he was actually a janitor. Without slowing down, I plodded through the blood. Squish, squish, squish. Damn, these were my favorite pair of Crocs. I entered a clear patch of the hallway and checked my watch. It was 3.22, I'd been walking for 19 minutes, which was 13 longer than last I'd checked. The newfound quiet was more unnerving than the blood had been. Then, slowly, 
I could feel the tension growing in the air. Imagine a strange man standing two inches behind you who you can smell, but not see as his breath warms the back of your neck. That kind of tension was coming from the room ahead. Slowly, the door came into view. I could see the number 191 before I closed my eyes. I kept them shut tight as I went by. Vertigo nearly sent me tumbling as I passed the door. I didn't care about the possibility of walking into a wall. I kept my eyes closed for a long time after that. Miraculously, I didn't hit anything. When I finally opened them again, it was 327. 24 minutes to go. That's when the hand tugged at my back. Can you please help me? Squeaked a terrified voice from behind. I stopped walking. I considered my options. Then I continued forward. Wait, he cried. Please, I'm really hurt and I need your help. He grabbed my shirt again and started crying. I wiped both eyes and moved onward. The greatest challenges make us grow. But that feat is achieved by forcing some small part of us to die. Children only have the energy and drive to play outside because the world hasn't yet extracted its inevitable due. I knew that I had to obey the rules, but doing so killed a little piece of my soul. I'd become a doctor because I had believed that I could give all of me to a cause and keep getting out of bed each day without a diminished sense of purpose. But as I listened to the child walk behind me, crying loudly and begging for help, I accepted the fact that part of me was never coming out of that godforsaken burn unit. I passed the heavyset nurse again. Her eyes bulged as she saw the boy. Doctor, she yelled, you need to help that child. I walked past without acknowledging her. Doctor, she screamed, what is wrong with you? I ignored her in the same way that I dismissed all the nurses, doctors, and patients who gawked at the boy in my wake. No matter what they shouted, I pretended not to hear them as I moved onward. What happened to him? Him? What happened to her? Why would anyone ignore a child in that state? Should we help him? No, the boy is her responsibility. The tears wouldn't stop, no matter how many times I wiped my face. I passed a doctor and another janitor. I recognized them as the people who had extracted Myron from the OR they stared. Arms folded, judging me as I went by. Figures, the doctor explained to the silent janitor. She wasn't there for her little brother, either. I broke. I let my body double over and cried openly. Deep, ugly sobs heaved from my diaphragm, convulsing my frame as my mind teetered on edge. But I didn't stop walking. Doctors can compartmentalize when facing issues of life and death. And my life depended on constant movement. The boy clutched my shirt as I wailed, and we walked. For no less than three miles, I endured the most bizarre trial of my life. A sudden change in the acoustics prompted me to look at my watch. 3.51 a.m. 47 minutes had passed. I allowed one final, shuddering sob. Then I stopped and looked around. I was in familiar territory. The first friendly face was Lydia, a nurse that I knew was from this world. I wanted to wrap her in a bear hug and scream in delight. She stared at me, her face contorted in horror. What the fuck is that thing behind you? My body temperature surely dropped five degrees as I felt a familiar tugging on my shirt. I froze. Panicked footsteps came rushing my way. I stared in their direction instead of looking behind me. Dr. Skrit was in full sprint. Dr. Ophelis, she yelled. She was the consummate bitch, but at that moment I wanted to see her more than anyone else on earth. It's been 47 minutes. I heaved in a shaking breath, 
Should I look at it? Dr. Skrit stopped a few steps away from me. Gravely, she nodded. I swallowed, then slowly turned around. I told myself that nothing is ever as bad as we picture it, because reality is bound by rules that imagination is not. I was wrong. Imagine a pizza with the cheese stripped off. A lumpy mass of marinara is occasionally interrupted by chunks of sizzling meat that sit atop a mound of globby. Yeasty dough. Now imagine that the pizza is a person, that person is a child, and one eyeball is hanging from an empty socket. And that child has no hair because all the skin is gone from his scalp and that he has a gaping hole where a nose used to be. Help me, he whispered. Hell, his jaw fell to the floor, scattering teeth in every direction. The boy's tongue dangled from his open throat, flopping aimlessly like a dying fish. Then he squeezed my arm in a vice-like grip, screamed, and fell to the ground. I looked down at the motionless glob of flesh that had once been a child. Doctor, Skrit, I breathed, is he. Don't be an idiot, Doctor Ophelis. He was dead long before you brought him here. I stared at her in sudden realization, like more than 120 minutes before. Did your inane chatter suddenly achieve the ability to carry a body to the morgue? Dr. Ophelis, she asked as she bent over the corpse. Um, I'll find a gurney. No one signs up to be a doctor because she's afraid of getting blood on her manicure. She snapped as she lifted the boy's shoulders. Grab the damn legs and let's hope his body has more structural integrity than Jello. This cadaver's not going to walk itself to the crematorium. Dazedly, I bent down and picked up the boy's ankles. My stomach turned as his skin shifted under my grip like the flesh of the barbecued chicken. Compartmentalize. Lydia held the door open for us as we carried the boy down the stairs, through the morgue, and into a corner where I had never needed to venture. I knew that the incinerator was there, but I had had no reason to use it. It's too small to fit his body inside, I explained as I gasped for air. Dr. Skrit was clearly in amazing shape. She had nearly sprinted across the morgue. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. And I had struggled to keep pace while hauling the body. 
What can we? She grunted as she snatched the corpse from me and shoved his feet inside the incinerator. If you're going to bore me to death with a ridiculous conversation, Dr. Ophelis, then hurry up and make sure I'm dead before 120 minutes is up. Either that or fucking help me. It's amazing what we're capable of doing when an imposing figure informs us that we have no choice. Side by side, we forced the boy's body into the narrow opening of the incinerator. When he got stuck, we just pushed harder. Both of us groaned with effort as his charred, melting flesh sloughed off like the skin of a rotting peach. Lumps of meat dropped to the floor as we peeled layers off the boy. But he was going in. We were pushing his shoulders through when his eye opened. Now, that was the end of my tale. I hope you enjoyed yourself, listening while escaping the world you live in. That is all for today. Safe travels, and a blessed day. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.